share to the Word of God. And let's go to the book of Joshua. Joshua. And we will be reading from verse 12. Okay, I mean, I'll be reading. And then you just follow along with, with your eyes. Chapter 17, sorry. Verse 12. Verse 12. Yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites would dwell in the land, in that land. Yet it came to pass when the children of Israel were waxen strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute, but did not utterly drive them out. And that's very important in that case. In two verses, they're very important. And the children of Joseph, speaking of Manasseh, um, spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit, seeing I am, I am a great people? For as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto. And Joshua answered them, If thou be a great people, then get thee up to the, to the wood country, and cut down for thyself there in the land of the parasites and, and of the giants, if Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee. And the children of Joseph uh, said, The hill is not enough for us. And all of the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron, both they who are of Bethshean and her towns, and they who are uh, of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people, and hast great and hast great power, thou shalt not have one lot only, but the mountain shall be thine, for it is a wood, and thou shalt cut it down, and the outgoings of it shall be thine, for thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots, and though they be strong. So, um, that's the passage that we are going to be looking this, this, um, this morning in our chapel. But uh, before we continue, let's commit uh, this time uh, in the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time that we have. We can gather together. Um, yes, Lord, it's true that um, compared to the size, we are, we're little. But Lord, we still serve the same God that others serve. And uh, we, we know that you're here with us. And I do pray that you would encourage our hearts as we learn from uh, this passage that we have read. And Lord, help us to see you and to also see ourselves um, in light of what we learn um, in this morning. So Father, bless our time now, we pray in your name. Amen. Uh, I always... I, 
you know, a lot of you or all of you actually know that I grew up in a Christian family. So I always believe that stories um, or events, well, of course, when I was little, and still I am, Um, uh, uh, events in the Bible, specifically in the Old Testament, were, uh, were not just mere events. But of course, as I grew up, as what I've said, um, I was fascinated with the events and the um, you know, stories in the Bible. And I, I, I'm sure you do too. Um, you're, you're like seeing the creation, um, uh, how, how the people of Israel... Um, you know, march, right, right, and uh, they they've have like conquered the land, and all these these events that come into play in the Old Testament, they're they're amazing, they're great, but they're not just me. As I as I grew grew up, well, of course, little, not just they are not just mere event, but um, it is for us to be um, not just mere event for us to be excited. And, um, but it is also something that we should go past beyond what the stories were telling us. I, I hope that it would make sense. And I always remind myself as I read those stories that God put these events not just to tell us a story, but to tell us um, the lesson, the principles that we can learn from, from these stories. You know, um, I, 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 you probably already heard from, from us, you know, from, from your teachers that um, stories uh, in the Old Testament, they're more like an implicit, meaning lessons, principles, truths that you will learn. It's not just right away you can see it, right? Uh, that's what implicit is. It's kind of a, it's hidden. So you have to pa- you look past beyond the stories, so that you will appreciate um, the, the lesson that we can learn. Well, if you go to the New Testament, there are more kind of uh, explicit, can, can, uh, if you, you, would, you would tell me. So compared to both uh, Old and New Testament, um, a lot of things in the Old Testament, they are more in implicit. A lot of things in the New Testament, they are more in explicit. You can see it right away. So that's why when you read the Old Testament, it's always, you know, excites you because, because if you put in your mind already that, oh, like when you approach it, it's not just a story, but it's something that what God wants you to learn from those stories. Right? So you go past beyond that mere stories. So that makes your Bible reading come to life. Now the Bible says oh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, you don't need to go there, but to give you, the hit, um, to give you that verse is that and now all these, talking about things that happened in the past, happened unto them for examples. And they, they are written for our admonition. So even the Apostle Paul know that things that we learn in the past, especially in the Old Testament, were there, you know, be, were put there because of many reasons. And that one, uh, one of the reasons is that we uh, could learn and we would see God. And what are the things that God wants us to do? 
in light of these circumstances. Now, it is true that these are history, but we must understand that this also written for our growth in our Christian life. And that's why we, they were there. Um, so if you pass now, if you come across with a lots of names in Chronicles, in uh, the book of Numbers, um, do you ask yourself, why there's a lot of names here? <laughs> um, also, when you go to Leviticus, it's like, oh, it's just like re repetition of the sacrifices and all. Um, there's a lot of things there that would probably, um, I, I should not use the word stumble, but kind of make you bored when you do the reading uh, because of these things. But actually, if you go past as what I've said, beyond that, you will really see what God wants you to learn. Now, so, um, because I always believe that God's, God's truth is timeless, right? God's truth is timeless. It transcends beyond every ethnicity, culture, time, whatever generation. God's truth you know, uh, transcends to all those things. And, um, but, you know, however, we should examine the Bible um, and ask these th three questions. So basically, when you, when you read the Bible, you ask these things. What did it mean then? Okay, that's a good question. When you read an event, what did it mean then? How they understood the situation there? And, of course, you have to bridge it now. The second question, what does um, it mean now? How does it apply now? And how does it apply to me personally? So those are a good way of questions wherein you can really get something of what you read in the Bible. Now, in the passage, we can see that the children of Israel were in the promised land based upon what we have read, right? They are in the promised land. Okay, so, and uh, the, the promised land is kind of a symbol of victory. They're, they're, they, they've been longing to it. They're supposed to be there early, not after 40 years. But because of their unfaithfulness and, and you know, their faith, faithlessness, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And they could have been there even, even for just a few months or weeks or something like that. But uh, you, you see, because of their faithlessness, they've wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And then this time they were there. So God promised his people to give uh, to them the land. And he fulfilled his promise in this time. And setting you in the situation where we read, and then we will go there later on. And at the same time, God also promised, um, you know, victory in their lives. Um, like, for example, if you go and conquer and, you know, just put your trust and faith on me, you will win in all the battles. Now, just a side note there. You see, uh, good learning here in just, in, just, uh, in just that situation alone. You know, there's a divine and human cooperative you can see there. God promised victory to them, but they should possess the land. That's the 
That's the um, Divine and Human Cooperative there. So the same as in our lives today. At the same, uh, so God promised victory in our Christian life. In fact, you know, God does not want us to be a have a defeated life. God wants to have us, every Christian, to live a victorious life. And when we see in this passage here, we can see three truths. Okay, um, because that's Baptist. I can, I can, we can dig more of this, but uh, I'll just give you three. I think that's uh, easy for you to handle, right? Uh, three truths here. And uh, if you can see, if you read along with me, the problem here, in, especially in verses 12 to 13, and it says there, yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities but the Canaanites would dwell in the land yet it came to pass when the children of Israel were waxen strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute but did not utterly drive them out now the first truth that we can see here is the problem of compromise the problem of compromise you know back then if you read before God's plan for them when they possess the land is total occupation, right? That's the plan of God. That's the will of God to them. It's total occupation. When you read the book of Genesis, chapter 15, verse 18, God promised to Abraham and, and to thy seed. That's what God said. And to thy seed, I will give you the land from the rivers of Egypt Unto the top was the great river, the river Euphrates. So if you know your Bible geography, and I, I don't have a problem there at all, because you took that course already, right? So when, you, when, I, when I tell you, where is the, when I ask you, where is the um, uh, uh, river of Egypt? What is that? This is obviously, it's river Tigris, right? Correct. No, I'm just kidding. It's a Nile River, right? Nile River. That's the, that's the river of Egypt. Um, in Egypt. And then you go up north. That's way, way up north. Right? That's the Euphrates River. So if you just see and imagine, as I always let you imagine, okay? But imagine that span or that land area that's really massive. It's big. Well, not compared to Canada, of course. But, um, <laughs> but, com but compared to what they had right now, like the passage that we have read, it's, it's just, <laughs> I'm not sure, it's like half, just half that they have conquered. Um, half of it they possess, and the rest they let the Canaanites dwell with them. So that alone will give you an idea that they are not living in the will of God. They are actually living outside the plan and command of God. Okay, so that's the problem with basically compromise. 
Right? So um, uh, God also commanded them that when you go and possess the land, it would be an utterly destruction. So in, you can read that in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 17, that God commanded them to destroy, um, I should say exterminate, <laughs> um, the people in the land. Well, I can, we can talk about, uh, there's a lot of questions with regards to that, and uh, why, why did God command, uh, commanded to kill all the inhabitants of the land? Well, that's a good question. But I will leave that on aside because I will not talk about that. Uh, but for sure, I can, if you ask Pastor Tim or Pastor Devan, they can answer you with regards to that. Okay? <laughs> it's like, is not God evil when he commanded that, right? To kill? Because God even commanded, thou shalt not kill, right? So I'll leave you a question, answer, ask them, both of them. Okay. So note that God will, uh, God's will for us also is to you know, overcome the world. And you, you've seen a lot of explicit command in the New Testament, okay, in his word, that we should live a victorious life, um, vic victory against the world, our flesh, and the devil. Now, the problem here with the compromise is this. When we can see that in the passage as well in verses 12 to 13. Now, there's three Canaanites here, um, if you will, kind of a picture of Canaanites. Number one is the ones that they favored. Um, the Bible says in verse 13 that they put the Canaanites to tribute. Now, if you know the situation um, during, how many of you remember the Suzerain and Vassal Treaty? Right? You remember? I told you that. I explained it to you. Now, when a stronger nation conquered the, the weak nation, they, some, they normally put them into tribute, meaning in exchange of my protection to you, I will not kill you, but in exchange of my protection, you will give something to me. That's the Susie Rain and, and the Vassal Treaty. But if you will say no, then you will die. Okay, I will kill you. So basically, something like that. So this is what they did. Okay? So basically, this is what the world does around them. But God wants them to destroy the people there utterly. You see now, you're following with me? That's the problem of compromise. And it's the same thing spiritually speaking, with, with, with our lives. You know, sometimes we have this kind of, uh, I don't want to um, example this, but it, it looks weird. Because you will see a Christian like this. What, do, what does it mean? Because meaning, they want to do, in the world, want to be in the God as well. They live a life like that. Right? You understand what I mean now? They live a double life, a compromised life. You would see them like with the world. You would see them also with, with God. So something like that. You're, you're going like that. Don't be like that. So you see now how weird it is? You look like a gorilla. Right? <laughs> uh, don't be like that. But always be God wants us to live a life for him alone and you know to be in God's way in God's plan 
That's how we can have victorious life. But if you look in verse 13, they have, they favored instead the Canaanites. Number two is that the ones that they feared. And you can see that they say, oh, we can't conquer this land because there's a lot of giants there. There are uh, parasites. And also they have uh, iron uh, chariot. Um, what is that? Iron chariots. They have that. What do we have? We have knife. <laughs> we have uh, farmer tools. And also, I, I'm not sure what they have. But uh, you know what I mean. They, they, they were saying that they can't beat uh, God. But uh, uh, they can't beat the Canaanites. But you can see already God promised them victory. If they will trust God and possess the land. They will have victory. So, you know, don't, um, it's always like, if you thought of it, you know, do not make yourself like you are helpless. If you're in a situation right now, and you know that you have struggle in life, don't make yourself that you're helpless. Because God already promised to us his power, right? He ha- we have his power. And God wants us to use his power so that we can have victory over sin, over struggles, whatever it is that goes on in your life. Meaning, God already gave resources. And all for us is to trust him and to use his power to become um, you know, fruitful to him. Not only there are the ones they favored, the ones that they feared, they're also the ones they fellowship with. Um, and for that, I'll go into Judges chapter 1, verse 32. And you can see there that they basically in the land, and God does not want them to be with, uh, not be with, but uh, to, you know, God wants them to separate, to live like a unique in life as God's people. But what they did is they live like the world. Right? They live like the world. It's the same also. You can see now in our time that there's a lot of Christians who felt weak. They, they felt like weak. They felt like they can't have victory. Why? Because they live with and fellowship with the world. What the world does, they do it as well. What the, Lord, uh, what the, Lord, what the world likes, they like it as well. Okay? So that's three things that we can see here in light of compromise. So there's a problem of compromise there that we can see in, in the lives of the tribe of Manasseh. And not just the tribe of Manasseh specifically, but also in every, uh, every tribe. And you can see that they have this issue that they can't drive out the, uh, the inhabitants of the land. Now, the problem is not with God, because you can read it. The problem is with them, because they did not trust the Lord and not even living a life that's according to the plan of God. Not only we can see the problem of compromise, we can see also the problem of self-confidence here. And in verse 14 to 15, children of Manasseh basically told, told um, uh, Joshua, 
that they, so why hast thou, in verse 14, given me but one lot and one portion to inheritance, seeing I am a great people, for, for as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto. Now this is, I think, if you, if you really see the situation here, they have a problem of pride. Uh, one of the reasons is that, the reason, I'll give you the reason, Manasseh is the oldest son of Joseph, right? So basically, in their time, when you are the oldest, who's the oldest here? Vivian, Pastor Tim. No, I'm not. I'm not the oldest. <laughs> okay, basically, if you're the oldest, you, o- you always receive a double portion. Okay, double portion. Okay, um, but you can see actually in how many of you studied the divisions of, of the tribes? Manasseh has actually two lots, right? So one in the east and one in the west. So basically, they're saying <laughs> incorrect. Um, they've given two partition of the land. But um, I'm not sure why they said that they have one lot. Um, probably they are just referring the one that's in the west side. But, but anyway, you can see here that they are great people. But the irony of this is that, yes, they are great people, that they, but they can even you know, um, drive out the inhabitants of the land. You know, we, we all have this issue, right? Um, pride. And that's one thing also that we should be, be, um, be careful about. Because I know that we are, uh, we know that we have that problem. It's just, we hid it. And if we are not careful, that will go out. Let me make you a monster. I'm not I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, it's only by the, by, by the grace of God and then the power of the Holy Spirit that you, you and I, um, you know, would live a um, humble life in, and also serve God in humility. So that's why we should be careful. Problem of self-confidence or pride should not, uh, um, you know, be, be a dominant uh, in our lives. So they were boasting that they were great people, but they cannot even drive out the Canaanites. You know, as the uh, note that um, many wish a large possession or desire to have um, lots of talents. But the question is, um, what, are, what are you doing with what you have right now? Right? Because uh, there's a lot of Christians like that. They want more ministries probably, larger possession probably. And even they do not cultivate of, and do the best they, um, and do their best of what they have right now. And I will deal that this uh, kind of principle later on. That's the third. And, and you see here, there's a problem the problem of confidence or self-confidence or pride. Um, probably say, I thought we must have confidence. Yeah, that's true. But our confidence would be, should be in, in the Lord and not in ourselves rather than standing in our 
in our confidence. So we should not have that self-confidence that comes from us. Confidence in the Lord is the right way. Third problem here that we can see is the problem of clutter. The problem of clutter. And we can see that in verses 14 to 18. Um, they question, why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion in inheritance? In other words, you kind of see that, that, Joshua, we need more land. We need more land because the land that you gave to us is not sufficient. Well, context-wise, if you really see the situation, they have actually a larger area. Now, talking about the Valley of Jezreel, talking about um, the land where the Perizzites dwell, and talking about the mountains where they had to cut woods, those things are still theirs. So basically, we're talking a good portion of land here. And if you have your Bible map, if you have a study Bible and you have your maps there, Manasseh's lot is really huge compared to others. So basically, telling telling Joshua is that land is not enough is just selling. It's just giving us the idea that oh, they don't want to cut woods because it's hard to cut woods, right? You know, why do you do hard hard work? <laughs> they don't want to go to war battle with parasites and the other Canaanites. They just want, you know, something that you know easy, easy, not even the hard work. That's what they want. They want more portion. And you can see the, solu uh, the solution of Joshua there in verses 15 to 18. And, and Joshua told them, you want more land? Cut down, in, cut down the trees of the mountain that clutter, on that, um, that clutter on that mountain. The mountain is yours. You know, they, they don't have that kind of courage. They don't have that kind of faith and trust that Caleb uh, had. When, when Caleb, in his, in his 80s, right? You know the story that um, in his 80s that he say, he say, I want that mountain. I want that mountain. And that's the, the, the mountain that God um, really gave to me. And so even, if, even though there's giants, yes, because I know God will will help me take over that land. God will help me possess that land. They don't have that kind of confidence, uh, um, like self, uh, um, real, um, they don't have that reliance to God or trust to God. And so they, here, here they are. And so came to, to Joshua and, and asking for more land. And to paraphrase it, why do you want more land? if you can't even take care of what you have, right? So that's a good, um, they, they want more land, but they didn't even possess all of it. And to illustrate that, you know, how many of us wants to, wants that God would bless us more? Probably will say, yes, God wants me to, uh, uh, I want that God would bless me more. But how, uh, how are we doing when it comes to the blessings that we have right now? If, you, if we want to, that God will bless us more, then how we are doing with what 
with what um, with what the blessings that we have today. Many Christians wanted wanted to you know have race in their job, but they don't even give to the Lord. What is that with the Lord? Many 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 Christians ask more ministries, but they. I keep failing God when it comes to the ministries that they're in right now. Many wants to be a preacher and handle the church someday. But even today, they don't do even, even just one ministry. And even they got, God gave them one ministry, they don't even be faithful of what, what they have right now. Many wants to be a missionary, but they don't even do soul winning. And, uh, you know, they don't have interest in do, going soul winning. Uh, flyering, um, sleep is better. Uh, flyering, yeah, sleep. Um, many many um, want to be a leader in a certain ministry. And how can you be a leader if you're not even a good follower? You know, you can see the list. Uh, the list uh, just goes on, and 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 I hope you understand the situation here. And it's the same with the life of the children of Manasseh. God gave them the land, but it's like for them, um, I don't want to do that. Uh, I don't want to conquer that land because they have uh, uh, iron chariots, chariots of iron. Um, I don't want to go up the mountain because there's a lot of trees. It's hard for me to cut there, so it's it's hard work, really. Uh, do you want me to go to the parasites, uh, the the uh, children, the inhabitants of the par parasites? Uh, it's really hard work there, and that's basically the picture here. And then they they went to. To, to, to Joshua and then asking more land. You see the problem there already? So senseless clutter. Um, always remember Luke 16, 10. The Bible says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. You know, all of us, you understand, I also mentioned this all, um, when we talked about the kingdom in the millennial reign. And this is what I always believe, that uh, those Christians who would be always faithful in this life, when millennial reign, God will give them much greater responsibility. Why? Because they were faithful now. then I know that God, yes, you've been faithful of what you have right now, then you will be faithful uh, in the future as well. So you see, to have a victorious life, you know, we need the power of God. But also we need to stay on the path that God has given you. Instead of choosing the path of the world, or choosing your own path, choose the path of God that God has given you. And that's, I believe, we can have a victorious life. 
choosing God's plan will lead you into a life of victory. But there's two things that you know, we need to do in life, right? We need the power of God, but also there's twofold in when it comes to our priority. We need to clear out any harmless things that clutter in our lives. They may not seem evil, but they hinder you and I in our spiritual growth. And I will not like, okay, hands up, who are, what are those? <laughs> um, you know it by yourself, Theo, um, JR, Katrina, you know, Rob, Ms. Dawn, all of us. We know what are the things that you think it will hinder in our spiritual growth. Because I'm not there, basically. It's the same question that applies to me. Uh, one of the reasons that Christian is leaving a defeated life is because his or her life is cluttered. It's like there's a lot of things that it's not supposed to be there. It's not in line with what God wants them to be. For example, like if I go to your, well, I will not, but it's just an example. <laughs> you know, if you will allow me to go to your room, what do you think I will see? What do you think I will see Theo? <laughs> uh, clutter? Well, hopefully not. <laughs> because we're, we're like, um, you know, you are all adults already. The government consider you are adults. Um, I considered you as adults also. And you are, you know, more responsible compared to the teens, compared to the elementary years, those, those kids. You're more responsible in your life. And then just by showing that you can clean your room, that's a good sign that, that really you're responsible of what you have. Like not just scattered around. So when, when I, there, it's, it's spiritually speaking, sometimes there are things also that we need to make in line. We need to, oh, this one, uh, I'll, I'll set aside that, okay, this, I, I have too much time of this, and then I'll, I'll reduce this time. And then you can now find a time wherein you can spend with God. So basically, really, a Christian that's saying, oh, I don't have time to, to read the Bible, I don't have the time um, to pray, I don't have the time to, to study, study my Bible, I don't have the time to... Um, just do the ministry of God. I don't all those times. Why? Because maybe it's just my opinion. Okay, maybe there are things that really clutters his or her life as a Christian. So identify those and make sure that you you clear those out. Like for example, um, maybe too much TV, right? Too much movies. Those are just practical examples. Social media, video games, yeah. And uh, also um, probably go out with friends. Window shopping. I only just go to the windows. Just kidding. Um, not only that, clear out the harmless things um, 
that clutters your life, but also clean out the harmful things that corrupt your life. Maybe there are habitual sins in your life, bad music, things that corrupt your life, uh, videos like uh, have that uh, bad, you know, languages, um, people that you're in, right? Yes, you may consider them friends, but if they influence you with the world, they are not the kind of friends that you want to associate with. You need to choose your friends also. So God wants us to live a victorious life. And now it's our choice also to live what, what, what we have learned here. And really, I like, I like how, how Joshua ended the, the situation here. And you see in verse 17 and 18, God, uh, he assured them that when you go and possess the land, uh, um, if you read that, 17 and 18, when you go and possess the land, you will overcome them. Why? Because God already gave it to them. Right? God already gave it to them. And then they just had to just go and possess it. Possess the land. And not to be dwell with, with, the, with the Canaanites. And it's also the same as we have. We have the power of God. We have the Holy Spirit. We can have victory by living in the path of God. You know, and then we, can, we don't have any excuse that, oh, maybe this is what I have. I'll be just a defeated, life, a defeated Christian. So we must choose God's way because that's the only way that we can have victory. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for um, a really good passage here that we can see. And there are things that um, really sidetracked us and, and many times that Satan used these these things also, so that we can, uh, so that we will live our life that is not pleasing to you. We will live our life that is um, not much work um, when it comes to your ministry. We just do our own thing. But Lord, help us to have that victory, to get busy um, as we anticipate the coming of Lord Jesus Christ. And especially as the world is going crazy, just giving us the these events just give us the reminder that Jesus Christ is coming at any moment, at any time. So, Father, help us to, to live for you. Help us to keep our eyes on you, to focus, and also always to live a, a victorious life. Because that's your will and your plan in our life here on earth. And we commit to you um, even the rest of the day. And we thank you for all these things in your name. Amen.